all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends, and for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. (coughs) Then Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. The word of the Lord. My dad told us that he had a great idea, and he wanted us to help. My dad was a minister, still is a minister, a creative type, you might say. And this is like 1976, and we're all in the den, watching Love Boat, like any normal family in 1976. When it was done, my dad got up, and he turned off the TV. He turned around to face us, and he said, I have a great idea for church on Sunday, and I want you guys to help. I was in fifth grade, and my brother Mike was in sixth grade. We're like a year and a week apart, Irish twins, I've heard it called. We're so close in age that we were always together. We were together a lot. We shared a room. We hung out together, had a lot of the same friends. We were close. That would make Matt, our youngest brother, he was in third grade. My dad explained to the three of us that he wanted, instead of a regular potluck after church, he wanted us to act out the story of the prodigal son, and then at the end of the story, where the father throws a big feast because the prodigal son returns, we would then actually have a big feast, all of us together. You'll play the father, he pointed at me, and at the end you will say, let us all rejoice, my son was lost but now is found, let us celebrate and eat. And then everyone will eat, not a fatted calf, but, you know, potato salad and hot dish or whatever people brought for hot luck. How come I have to be the father? Mike's older, I ask, because Mike doesn't want to be the father, my dad said. I don't want to be the father, Mike said. And Matt will be the older brother, 
and Mike is the prodigal, prodigal son. How come Matt is the older brother when he's the younger brother, I ask? Less lines, my dad said. That made sense, third grade. My dad told us our lines and had us practice a couple times. And then on Sunday, when church ended, everyone went down to the basement, or the social hall, I think it was called, and there was, in the middle of the room, a bunch of long folding tables. They'd all been pushed together to form one great banquet table. And all the potluck food was piled on it. And it looked like the greatest banquet you ever saw of potato salad and hot dish. Everyone from the church, they sat down in the folding tables banquet, at the banquet table thingy. And me and Mike and Matt came out. We were wearing sheets kind of tied like a I guess. I don't know how appropriate the costuming was. So we do the beginning. Mike comes and he, to me and he asks for his inheritance. And I give him a big bag stuffed with newspaper with a dollar sign on it. And then he went into the kitchen and made loud noises and loud sounds like he was having the time of his life, living it up. He was back there going, woohoo, yeah, party, yeah, woo. And then, oh man. And he came back into the room and held the empty bag upside down and shook it. It's all gone. Then he does the rest of his part with the pigs and he, you know, and saying, even the servants had it better back at my father's house. You know the story. And then he decides to come home. I'm standing as the father near that table, and he's at the other end of the room. And I was supposed to put my hand up, as I did, in the international sign of, I see someone coming from a long way off. And as he gets closer, I'm supposed to get more and more excited, like, but I'm not. I can't make myself. Instead, as he's getting closer, my face is narrowing more and more into an angry, I hate you face, which is obviously not a right choice for my character. And I can see my dad who is looking at me like, what are you doing? And all the congregations sitting at the folding table, banquet table thing are looking confused because what my dad doesn't know and what the congregation doesn't know, but only Mike and I know that the day before, on Saturday, we were all playing sardines on the next block in front of Jenny Banny's house, and I was very excited. I was very excited because I liked Jenny Banny. I liked her. And I never had a girlfriend before, you know, being in fifth grade. And almost nobody in fifth grade had a girlfriend. But I was pretty sure that Jenny Banny liked me, too. And sardines, you know, this is that game where everyone hides and you try to find where other people are hiding and then you kind of all hide together before the person who's it finds you. And I knew where Jenny Benny always hid. So my plan, my brilliant plan, was to go where she was hiding, hide with her, and then ask her, do you want to be my girlfriend? I know, I was, I was a young romantic, I was suave. So the game starts, and all the kids disperse and hide, and I give it a couple minutes, you know, to play it cool, and then I head where I know Jenny Banny is hiding, because she always hides on the side of the garage between her garage and the next door neighbor's garage, and I'm happy, I'm smiling. I round the corner of the garage, and 
I see Jenny, Banny, and Mike kissing. My face turned red. I stammered. And the, the only thing I could think to say, I threw my hands up and I yelled, I want you to be my girlfriend. Jenny and Mike turn around and they see me for the first time. And Mike looks struck, horrified. And I ran home and Mike chased after me yelling, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was so mad. So mad. I I was too young to realize that what I was was really hurt and sad. So it came out in anger. So mad. I did not talk to Mike the rest of Saturday or all of Sunday, not even before the play. So when he came up to me as that prodigal son and knelt in front of me with a pleading and repentant look on his face and said, Father, forgive me. I have sinned against heaven and you. I looked down at his upturned face and I looked at all the people and they were wrapped. I think they must have thought Mike was some kind of savant actor. I looked back at him, and once more he said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. Please forgive me. And I screamed, never, and jumped on him, wailing, wrestling, and rolling around on the ground, never, never. Chapter 15 of Luke's Gospel is set up is a setup followed by three stories. The stories are all three different responses to Jesus, of Jesus to the setup. The setup is this. All the tax collectors and the sinners were coming to hear Jesus, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow eats with sinners and welcomes them. That's the charge. This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. The implication being that Sinners are the other, the outsiders, the bad people that are different from us, the righteous Pharisees and the scribes. They do not belong because they are sinners and we are not. So then, if Jesus eats with them, he must be a sinner too. So Jesus responds to their charge by telling them the first parable. Which, which of you who had a hundred sheep and lost one would not leave the ninety-nine and go looking for the lost one? And when you found it, put it on your shoulder and carry it back home. And then when you get there, gather up all your friends and neighbors and say to them, Rejoice with me. My sheep was lost, but now is found. This point is obvious that the lost sheep are like the sinners that Jesus eats with. But the most important point of the parable is not that just that the sheep, the lost sheep, are like the sinners, but that the sheep is not an other or an outsider, not one that doesn't belong because they are lost. No, the sheep is your sheep. They're your sheep, Jesus is saying. No different from the other sheep. Of course, when you find your lost sheep, you will rejoice. You should gather your friends and neighbors and have a party. Then Jesus goes on. What woman, having ten silver coins, who lost one, wouldn't search the entire house until she found it? And when she did, what does she do? She calls together her friends and neighbors and says, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I have lost. The point? Not only is the coin lost, but it's not another. It's not outside. 
not one that doesn't belong just because it was lost. To make the point even clearer, the coin is lost in the woman's house. She is looking for it, that lost one, in her home. Jesus is saying to the Pharisees and the scribes, he welcomes and eats with and rejoices with, not the other, not those that are other than you, not the outsiders. These are yours, one of yours inside your house. Don't scoff, don't judge, reject, but rejoice and eat with them. Then Jesus goes on to tell them, maybe one of the most well-known parables, right? The prodigal son. He's saying to the scribes and Pharisees, what would you do if your own son, what if your own son went away and left your house and squandered half of all you had, but came back broken, broke, repentant, asking for forgiveness? You wouldn't, wouldn't you take him in your arms, hold him tight because he's safe and home? Wouldn't you kill the fatted calf and call all your friends and neighbors and throw a great feast and proclaim, let us eat and celebrate because this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now is found. He is not other, not an outsider. Jesus is saying to the Pharisees, he is one of your family. He is your own flesh and blood. And then Jesus pushes it even further and says, or would you, seeing your own flesh and blood, one who was dead but is alive again, was lost and now is found, when he returns to your family, would you, like the older brother, hearing the music and the dancing and the celebrating and the eating, refuse to rejoice? Refuse to join in? Would you refuse to welcome and eat with him? Mike and I were rolling all over the social hall in front of the whole church. All our friends and family, my arms were flailing as I was yelling through tears, I will never forgive you, never. And Mike was trying to block my weak blows, yelling through tears, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And Mr. Anderson and Miss Finley and some others jump up from the table and, and they pull us apart. And Mr. Anderson pulled out his handkerchief and wiped my face and someone handed Mrs. Finley a napkin from the table and she wiped Mike's tears and others came around us and made soothing sounds and told us, it's all right and you're okay and just take a breath. And then they all came around us. They all got up from the table, all our friends and neighbors, and they all held us in this huge hug with me and Mike in the middle. My dad said in a loud voice, let us rejoice because what was lost is now found. Let us celebrate and eat together. And we did. And if there are any lost sinners out there among you, a feast has been prepared, and you are all welcome. Let's eat together and celebrate, because we've been found.